Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I'm Ryan Becker. And just a quick disclaimer right before we jump in, uh, there we are at College Dale Academy, or it's not College Dale Academy, we're at College Dale Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, there's some construction going on as they're doing some additions and renovations. So uh, if you hear some weird noises, uh, we hear like this weird groaning sound every once in a while. We never know when it's coming. Uh, and it sounds like one of us, not looking at anyone in particular, uh, has really bad gas. It's really entertaining, <laughs> actually. But if you hear some random noises, just bear with us. Uh, it is just life. But we are so glad you're joining us. And I am joined by uh, a former student of mine and uh, someone that I had classes with on occasion and, and uh, I shared my time at Southern with. So we're going to start with introductions. Chris, let's start with you. Tell us about yourself. All right, I'm Christopher Sauvé, and I'm the associate pastor at Chattanooga First Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I love Taco Bell. Fantastic. So do I. I'm a regular. I, uh, in fact, I'm such a regular at Taco Bell that where I used to live, I ended up going on a date with the drive-thru worker uh, because Whoa. I had gone so many times <laughs> that we became friends. Wow. And it was like old school, too. I told her to meet, her, meet me for coffee the next day, did not get her number, so it was like straight up like one of those old hold one of those like 90s movies where like they could potentially get stood up because the person never shows up yeah it was one of those she, she showed up oh, nice. she showed up she was late but she showed up um <laughs> but I I, than never. it was it was uh fantastic we decided to just be friends uh but wow. it was it was really funny um and she's she's really cool so yeah i love taco bell uh soft spot in my heart for taco bell uh isa <laughs> tell us about you i'm isa tavares i am a communication studies major here at southern and I just had some Taco Bell. Whoa. That is accurate, actually. It is. <laughs> uh, you offered me a chalupa right before we I recorded did. this. I denied it, but I will eat it eventually. I will probably take it from you before we're done today. I might change my mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, all right. So thank you guys so much for doing this. I'm really excited about this. And uh, this is a question that... So the, 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 the hot words right now, the buzzwords for uh, what we're talking about today are deconstruction and reconstruction. Uh, in, in popular Christian thought, you may have heard these terms. It's the idea of breaking apart or, or picking apart your faith and then re-putting it back together. Uh, typically, this is, uh, typically, this is engaged in by a crisis of faith, right? Like a tragedy happens, a relationship ends, something terrible happens, and then uh, you start to doubt the beliefs that you had growing up. You encounter a situation where the beliefs that you had uh, did not properly equip you to handle the situation. Mm. And so then you have to wonder, are those beliefs even real? Do I accept them? Or is there some other expression of them that's correct? Something like that. So we're going to talk really about that process and how to ask good questions, right? If if you're in that process of questioning your beliefs, figuring out what do I believe, uh, how do we ask good questions uh, about our own faith? And so um, let's... I'd actually like to start here, and so I'm going to give one more disclaimer as I ask this question. Um, we're going to get a little bit personal. So once again, if uh, as we kind of wrestle through some uh, some of our own stories, uh, to our listener, thank you for bearing with us through any any moments that we are thinking and, and trying to piece together our thoughts. Um, but yeah, for you, what was was there a moment where you? Uh, suddenly realized that, you know, you needed to reinvestigate your faith, and, and would you mind sharing it? Um, 
I will go ahead and start. Okay. Um, I am a pastor's kid, so I grew up very sheltered. I went to um, Adventist schools and academies up until my second year of high school. So first in Brazil, that's where I used to live, and then moving here. Uh, and it was actually harder for me to transition from a Brazilian school system to an American no, let me correct that. It was harder for me to transition from Adventist to non-Adventist than it was from Brazilian to American. Wow. So um, it was still Christian. It was a Christian school, but it was in it was another denomination. Hmm. And we had my first religion class. I remember it was um, the history of Reformation. And they had some very different beliefs that I had only briefly heard of. I... Um, was obviously the minority in that class. And being the minority, you get the sense that everyone else thinks exactly the same and you're the only one who doesn't. And that's not always the case. I, I found out later that many other people in the class did think differently and they weren't um, aligned with the same beliefs as my teacher at the time. But um, being a pastor's kid, that helped a lot because I was able to um, bring those questions back home and then explore those doubts that I was feeling and not shy away from them because I think that um, when we start feeling these doubts it's not like we're disappointing God because he wants our beliefs to be natural and to be supported he doesn't want our blind belief and I think mm. once you start questioning that and finding the reasons for believing what you believe your belief is even stronger yeah, absolutely. I think doubt is something that bolsters faith if mm. we lean into it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes we doubt and then we've decided, right? The doubt actually is just um, when we lean into doubt, sometimes we're just looking for justification to leave faith, yeah. right? Um, and so depending on how you lean into or embrace your doubts, it can be something that bolsters your faith or not. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with motivation. Uh, because sometimes our doubts are spurred on by like a, a toxic experience with a church member. Uh, and, and so that can make you look for reasons to leave, right? And, and those, and so then you start doubting and asking questions where the answers are obviously going to be something that justifies or that serves as a justification for you to be able to leave the faith that you were in and leave that environment. So, mm. yeah, there are definitely times where doubts can lead, the way that we interact with our doubts can lead us, uh, on the wrong path. Absolutely. So, Chris, uh, what about you? Well, um, I grew up in an Adventist home. And um, all my life, my parents, they went to church. They were late, typically. Sometimes, I mean, coming in around the closing prayer time. But, um, yeah, I grew up, and we went to evangelistic meetings all the time. But I had a lot of outside influences from my brother and my older sister and my um, younger sister at the time. A lot of those pull, because they had lots of really serious questions and growing up and going to going to Fletcher Academy and going through that experience, those questions were still kind of in the back of my mind. And I mean, I was a, I felt like I was pretty much a rock through all of my days at Fletcher. I mean, you know, a relationship comes and then you start to question, but yeah. uh, especially like you know when they break your heart, you're like, Ooh, but, yes, absolutely. Uh, but then I went and graduated and came to Southern, and then I started seeing a lot of my friends jumping off the boat. And I had to make the decision for myself, hey, am I going to stick with this? And that created kind of a little bit of this tension in who I was because, I, yeah, I went, I grew up 
in the faith. I was studying theology of all things, but yet I was having a really tough time finding God. And um, it wasn't until I think it was like my uh, junior year here at Southern that I fi- like grace finally clicked with me. And from that moment forward, I went to like a couple other seminars, read a couple other books, and my mind just like exploded. And so since that day, I've, I'm still asking all the questions. I'm still, you know, searching. And I, it's, it's an amazing thing to do. I would say anyone, for anyone who's listening, do it. Don't just take things at surface value. Plunge into the depths. Because like when I plunged in, man, like the, tr- the beautiful truths in Scripture, the beautiful truths and even... I know this is taboo, but Ellen White, it's, it's all there and it's all beautiful. I, I just say dive in. And when I did that, my faith has been strengthened. Yeah, of course. When you start to answer these questions, you get attacked not only by spiritual entities, but you, spiritual entities working through your family and friends and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like pursue it. And it's, 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 it's amazing when you start asking the questions. Man, I, I resonate a lot with that story because I grew up Adventist and uh, I grew up going to Adventist schools. I've been in Adventist education, Adventist education all my life, right? Like it's the only thing I've ever known. And while I had a lot of friends that were in public school to the point that I actually spent more time in high school with people in public schools than, than my own school. Um, so I, I do think I got out of my bubble a bit. Um, what I actually found was that uh, I was basically the only person, not that I grew up with, but the only person of my close friend group that I grew up with uh, that stayed engaged with faith almost at all, let alone become a pastor and get into <laughs> ministry, uh, but also just just to stay engaged. And that that in its in its own right makes you wonder, like, what am I missing? Am I am I the problem? Uh, and hmm. uh, and it leads you down some uh, some paths. I think. Uh, for me, the big thing that um, I've shared my my personal journey on on this podcast several times, so I'm, I'm going to spare the details this time. But um, I think my uh, what really spurred my doubts was the fact that my life went downhill after I was baptized. Not yeah. before, right? True. Uh, for the majority of the testimonies that I hear, it's someone whose life went downhill. Then they met Jesus. He saved them from whatever, uh, whatever crazy thing that they were going through. Uh, friend through gang violence, saved from gang violence, and life literally saved. And then their life is all hunky dory after. Uh, but my life, all the terrible things that have happened to me happened after I got baptized. Uh, and that made me wonder, like Jesus, are you really with me? Do you really care? Uh, you know, is this whole thing real? And it, it does it make a difference? Um, and so that was what, that was the beginning of my, my journey. So, um, thank you both for sharing. We're gonna, we're gonna go a little bit more here now. Uh, what were some of the questions that you had to ask as you were encountering some of these doubts? What were, what were, yeah, what were some of those questions? Uh, the, I would say the, um, the belief that I questioned the most was probably the Sabbath because that was the biggest difference that I found between me and the people I was going to school with. Mm. Um, I would wonder, is it possible that maybe the same way that they blindly believe this, is it possible that I blindly believe in something? Mm. Is it possible that um, it does make sense that more people would believe what's right? 
because there is a the majority of Christians does keep the Sabbath on Sunday. Yeah. So I would always be thinking, is it is it possible that I'm? Yeah. Are we the weird yeah, one? Are, yeah. yeah. Are we are we the wrong ones? Yeah. Am I, I got the you. Ones in the wrong. So um, I think that that was the biggest question that I had surrounding the Sabbath, and then um, I questioned some of the the traditions as well because they would. Um, it it would be hard to make the disquing, this this I can't talk right now <laughs> distinction yeah. between what's tradition and what's actually a commitment, you know. Mm. So, mm. Um, was it really abolished? Do I really need to not eat pork? Oh, if gotcha. there's a little yes, bit of absolutely. shrimp in my food, do I really need to like yeah. put it apart? So I started questioning: What is it that I keep for tradition, and what is it that I keep because it's actually in the Bible? Gotcha. Okay. And then Chris, what about you? Um, I think mine was pretty much the same. And then I, I kind of uh, really struggled with the idea that God could f- forgive sins as freely as he does. Mm. Because I always thought that, you know, kind of similar to Martin Luther-esque, that I had to do something, you know, maybe not lashing myself, but do something in order to regain that favor. So it took me a long time. And if if I'm being very um, transparent here, it's still something that I am working through. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, yeah, I, it, it just, yeah, it blows my mind. I don't know. How yeah, to... no. And, and I think, I think you're touching on something. First of all, thank you for, for being transparent there. Um, I think you're, you're touching on something that's incredibly important and valuable in this. And that is uh, that there's no timeline for asking these questions. Yeah. Uh, there are people that have been asking the same question for decades and uh, still are wrestling with it, uh, whether it's a parent who's lost a child early or a child who's lost a parent early, right? Uh, sometimes we wrestle with questions for uh, several years, not just a day or a week or a semester uh, or a year, but for, for several. And so um, I think your experience is is one that many have. And the reason I touch on that specifically is because um, – there's someone out there who's going, I haven't gotten a question, uh, the answer yet. <laughs> Why not? And, uh, well, it's, maybe it's not time yet. Maybe we are still getting there and this is the journey. Um, I think uh, the other thing that I'm seeing from both of you here and is that the questions you asked were the ones that were most relevant to your life circumstances. Yeah. In fact, your questions were driven by your life circumstances. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, one of the pitfalls we fall into is trying to get all of this knowledge about topics that really we don't care about. Um, we may not personally care about. Uh, mm-hmm. There, For some people, for example, and I'm not questioning any doctrine we have. Let me, let me preface with that. But for some people, they look at creation and, you know, whether the earth was created in six literal days uh, or over, or, you know, over billions of years, for them, that, that is the linchpin of their faith. Like they have to know the answer to that. And then to others, they're like, yeah, I don't really care. Well, if you don't really care, if that's not the thing that, that God has really pressed on your heart, then you don't need to waste time there. Dive into first the areas of your faith that are the most important to you. If you see people suffering and you want to know why God interacts with that, absolutely. Um, if you want to know or how God interacts with that, uh, if you have questions about the Sabbath because everyone around you isn't keeping it, if you have questions about whatever, um, ask them because they're relevant to you and um and dive into those absolutely it's okay to be driven uh by what's going on in your life all of us are we are by nature reactive yeah. people uh and and that is okay 
Um, so yeah, thank you for that. I think, um, the one thing that I want to add here is I think the way that we ask those questions is important. Um, so for you, the way you asked, uh, so the way that you asked, um, what's the difference between my traditions and the things that God has commanded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you actually, um, you weren't saying, um, are all these things man-made or, uh, you actually understood that there's more to it and we're trying to figure out where you should fall. And I think the reason that that was important was because you separated your question from your own experience. And so I want to give a, a better example of what I'm talking about here. Uh, one of the questions people ask is, does God love me? And the problem with that question, it's a good question, it's a normal question to ask, but the problem is that typically, depending on your life circumstances, your answer to that question will change. If everything is going terrible, then your answer to does God love me is probably going to be no or I don't know. But if everything's going great and your life is successful, you've got a new job, you've got your, you know, you're passing all your classes, whatever, the answer is probably going to be yes. And so what I try to do when I ask questions is separate them from my emotions to be able to, and so with that question, I would say, how has God loved me? Or how does God love me? Because if I can, if I can put objective answers to those questions, then it doesn't matter how I feel anymore because I know those are things are true. And then it just becomes a matter of me accepting them. Right. And that can, that in itself can definitely be a journey. Um, so that's the one thing that I have tried to do with some of my doubts. Uh, what are, what are some, what's some advice that you might give to someone who's going through that process uh, as well? Hmm. I definitely think that it's very important to keep in mind that the Bible talks about how the human heart is deceitful. So if we're going to base all our beliefs on how we feel at a particular point in time, what are, the belief standing on, you know, that's, that's building a house on the sand, not on the rock because the emotions are always going to be changing. So are your beliefs always going to be changing? That's, that's not very firm ground to stand on. Um, so I think that it's very important to make that separation. Definitely. Absolutely. Repeat the question, please. (laughs) No, you're good. (laughs) Uh, what advice would you have for someone who's going through that process of doubt that, you know, deconstructing and reconstructing their faith? What, what would you tell them or, or, or what would you encourage them to do as they're asking those questions? Hmm. I would encourage them, of course, to keep asking the questions. Whenever I like read, especially in the Old Testament, um, almost every single story, almost every single prayer that I read, they have these deep-seated questions. And I, I personally think that the best thing that you can do is address them to God. I mean, when I, went, when I was a, a junior in high school, I went on a mission trip. And while I was on the mission trip, you know, this, uh, I, I, I liked this girl before, and she said, hey, you know, this ain't going to happen. Mm. And... Uh, um, when I was there, I had these like deep-seated questions like, oh, God, you opened up this door because I wasn't scheduled to, I wasn't supposed to go here. Somebody dropped out and the money was there. You brought me here. I'm having a miserable time. And I was out in this field like just yelling at God. And um, I remember always was wanting to, you know, curse him out. But every time a blessing came out and um, each time... Um, when I did this, my faith was actually strengthened, asking these questions. I didn't have all the answers. And we have to look at it that there may be a point when we don't have the all, answers. all the answers. Yeah. So I think this is where faith steps in. It's not blind faith, but it's faith uh, upon what Christ has said 
and hoping that <laughs> yeah, the he's going to pull one yeah, day. The, yeah. He'll give us the answer eventually one day, hopefully when he returns. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think that's a good point to end on. I was actually going to bring that up. So thank you for that perfect segue, which is this. Sometimes I think we ask questions with the expectation that God has to answer them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that presupposes that God is at your service. Uh, and if he's God, <laughs> uh, that doesn't work that way. Um, I think, um, I think sometimes there are questions that we ask and there just isn't an answer right now. Or if we received the answer, um, we may not be ready for it. Um, and, and for me, right. Um, sometimes I've, I've experienced that sometimes the answer doesn't do anything to help my situation. Uh, it's worthless. So I could, you could ask me, you know, my father passed away when I was 17 and you could say, uh, you know, Ryan, why do you think your dad died? Well, if I know it still doesn't change the fact that he's gone. Right. So that doesn't help. Um, sometimes answers don't actually make anything better. They may provide some sort of clarity or different perspective, but they don't change your actual situation. Uh, so sometimes I think we put too much stock in those answers. Mm. Um, so, hey, Isa and Chris, thank you guys so much for your perspectives and, and for sharing your journeys here as well. Uh, this, is a, this is a hard topic. And to our listener, if you are uh, in a place where you're questioning everything, uh, just know you're not alone. <laughs> there are so many uh, that have gone through this journey and they will continue to go through this journey. And I think uh, Tim Keller said, has said it the best way that I have ever seen it said or heard it said, where he said, the mark of a true believer is someone whose doubts 10 years from now look different than their doubts today. In other words, it's not someone who's conquered doubt, but it's someone who's keep who's on this journey of constantly finding new doubts and wrestling with them and, and, um, and doing so in the context of a relationship with God. So uh, we just want to encourage you. Uh, we want you to know that we're praying for you, and we hope that, that uh, you will find the answers that you're looking for uh, and, and that you can be encouraged by even our stories as well. Uh, we want to give a special thank you to Southern Adventist University for hosting us and allowing us to record Season 2 of Echo here. And if you want to interact with more content from Project Refresh, you can head over to theprojectrefresh.org, and you can check out some of the other other series and the web blog that we have as well. Thank you so much for listening. Without you, there is no echo. There's no reason to do this. So we really appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment. 